Hello and welcome to episode 172 of Retro Encounter, your RPG Fan Weekly podcast. My name is Peter Treisenberg. I have Fury um, himself, and today we are going to be continuing our discussion of Kingdom Hearts. Joining me today is Mike Solosi. Hey. Alana Heggs. Hello. And KK Slider himself, Kyle Cortvelli. Hi there. <laughs> been waiting to, been waiting to use that one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. So where last we left off in the Kingdom Hearts saga, Mike was pulling his hair out. We were all getting kind of grumpy about how, how badly the controls have aged. And we were stuck in a whale's belly. Um, moving on from there, though, we have a dual choice of what world to go to next. So what do we want to talk about, guys? Do we want to do Halloween Town or do we want to do Atlantica? Might as well just get the obvious one taken care of. Rip. We're gonna rip the we're gonna rip the bandaid off, huh? Okay, so how about them swimming controls, guys? <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know, I, uh, I thought my memory was deceiving me because I th- I sort of liked the first twenty minutes of Atlantica because I I appreciated that they wanted to add some verticality to the stages. They uh, mm-hmm. they, they made it pretty easy to find the palace with you know pointing the. Uh, with tridents pointing to where you're supposed to go and having to, you know, explore sort of a top shelf and a bottom shelf of the area. I sort of appreciated it. It's like, it's like, okay, the environment designer people wanted this to feel like you were swimming in an swimming in a 3d space, but then, uh, yeah, like descending and ascending is while trying to target enemies sucks and makes the, the two boss battles, uh, they're uh, in, in a way fighting against the controls more than fighting the bosses. So my my twenty minutes of appreciating Atlantica were, you know. Yeah, I was it, gonna say the, I was gonna say the Ursula fight isn't that hard, except for the fact that you like can't you have a hard time controlling where you're going. Yeah, I, I had a difficult time uh, targeting her cauldron to stun her because mm-hmm. I kept accidentally, you know, attacking Eel One and Eel Two instead. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but so I didn't love either of those boss fights. But they, again, like every boss fight in the game, I, it took me two or three tries to stop fighting the controls, and then I figured it out. What about you guys? Did you guys do Atlantica on this playthrough? Um, I sure as heck did. Um, I, I, you know, I I know that Atlantica is like one of those spots you don't, I guess, have to do. But I feel like I'm not getting the full potential out of this game having at least one water world completing my journey through kingdom hearts at least some except for number two uh but that's obligatory obligatory water stage yeah obligatory water stage but you know kind of like kyle is not someone that used the whistles in mario 3 oh of course whatever i want to get the full game experience here (laughs) Uh, nobody nobody likes nobody likes pipeland but you got to do pipeland (laughs) have you even beat dark souls if you used a summon I mean, really? Mm. <laughs> no. Boy, I, I have I have heard that argument online before, and it is of, the cringiest thing of all the games to drop a Dark Souls reference on this one. Yeah, this this one, sure. Kingdom Hearts One is the Dark Souls of Kingdom Hearts. I mean, what? Mm. I mean, I, I was hoping someone wouldn't say that, but here we are. I'm sorry. I, it's an easy. It's a low hanging fruit. Uh, a low hanging poo fruit, if you will. But one of my one of my ne- uh, I guess negative things I can say about Lanthica is if that, if it's not the swimming, it's it's definitely an Ursula fight when you have to keep attacking the cauldron. I, I can't tell you how many times that I'm not at the right type of uh, what uh, you're like height. just not high enough or yeah. too low or yeah. you're too, too far above it or yeah. 
even my, small uh, actions like opening chests can get annoying with the uh, the, the for, like the exact vertical positioning that you need. Mm -hmm. Nope, exactly. So I mean, locking on, you can lock on to the uh, to them, which helps a little bit, but um, it's still not great. And once you unlock the uh, mermaid kick move. That helps you swim against those currents, which is also kind of an obnoxious navigation puzzle in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you accidentally do it while you're trying to go fast, well, now all of a sudden you're swimming into a wall and you can't stop until the animation plays out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's not great. I, I don't mind Atlantica as much as I did when I used to, back in the day, but I still it's still my least favorite world in the game by far, just because I think it's the layout is confusing. I think um, the movement is needlessly cumbersome. I do appreciate what they were going for, and I like um, I like seeing all the characters from Little Mermaid because that is a good, a very good Disney movie. Um, um oh uh, yeah, I, I, uh, yes, I I enjoyed seeing Sebastian and Triton and Ariel. I uh, I, I think Little Mermaid is an excellent Disney movie. It was because weirdly, um, Disney's oeuvre was not great in the seventies or eighties until little mermaid, you know, started the freaking Renaissance with little mermaid beast, uh, beauty and the beast, Aladdin, lion King back yeah. to back. Mm -hmm. But, um, well, but, uh, but little mermaids are a really, really standout Disney movie. So I, I liked that. And I liked the, uh, having, you know, the Shimamura variation of under the sea playing every time I saw, I, I exited combat, but uh, I, I think I liked, I liked Atlantica more than Deep Jungle or Monstro, but uh, because Monstro is just sort of an empty whale intestine, and and Deep Jungle is just zigzagging between the same four points that are that are annoying to navigate. So uh, yeah, I I I, uh, I don't love the swimming controls in Atlantica, but I, uh, I I didn't hate it as much as I anticipated I would. Alana, do you have a uh, uh, Atlantica thoughts? Uh, I'm, I don't mind Atlantic too much again, like you. It's not my least favorite, but I don't hate it. I think it's a little bit finicky. What I do really hate is when you do lock onto some enemy and you go to attack. Yes, Saurus goes up, but he goes up too far most of the time. And it's just so annoying. But, um, yeah, I don't really have anything to add. Although I'm glad that they didn't put any poppies in Atlantica. That is one thing I always remember very fondly. Well, of course, they, they'd drown. Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate the um, understanding of their elements and their world design. So that's cool. But yeah, I think, yeah, Atlantica, it's it's better than the two version. I don't want any silly musical stages. And I always get flashbacks whenever the Japanese version of Under the Sea or something comes on shuffle. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, but... no. <laughs> Wait, so, but, um... so the, the, in Kingdom Hearts 2, Atlantica's musical stages, but they're not good like Rayman Legends musical stages? No, it's just, they're just straight up. They're just a. It's just a music rhythm game. Uh, just, just Fetty Fine will be into your head all the entire damn time. <laughs> if my my last playthrough of KH two, I really wanted the thunder upgrade, so I put the TV on mute, um, skipped every cutscene, and did and did that in like a half hour. Yeah, that's great. It, it's a, it's wonderful, and and it's also a big part of why I haven't gone to finish that job 100% that playthrough because you need to get certain scores in all the mini games and I just do not have time for that <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah but yeah Atlantica's okay it's not great but it's not terrible either so oh and uh, one thing also I liked about Atlantica uh your three main characters transform for it yeah oh, and they're cute it's really, yeah. it's really that only happens twice and I wish it had happened several more times because I really enjoyed it both times yeah. It's happening. It's going to happen for like basic for a whole chunk of the worlds in three, which is pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, l- I love Donald Octopus. Like, oh my god, how adorable. Donald Octopus, Goofy Sea Turtle, and Sora, yes, so uh, Mermaid Boy. He's a shark mermaid boy as well. Oh yeah, that's right. He is a shark, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. All, all three. Of I them forgot. I, I I I wish they had done that for more than two worlds in this game because I thought they were uh, really really cool uh, uh, flourishes both times they did it. Yeah, Halloween Halloween Town. Uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy are really cool too. Because yeah, uh, then like uh, Donald is a mummy and Goofy has this weird Frankenstein look going. Yeah, and, um, uh, and and Sora has like a vampire features and bat wings, and he has a like a pumpkin, pumpkin mask head. that's yeah. that's hanging off his head halfway, like a Japanese oni mask in a kabuki play or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's a great design. Yeah. Um, speaking of Halloween Town, I like this world a lot, guys. Mm-hmm. Favorite Disney Town. World. One of my favorite worlds. So fun. It the music in it's great. The look in it's great. It's very true to the movie, and it's still a little bit uh you know rubber banding sort of back and forth to complete some arbitrary tasks but uh it, it doesn't feel like a trudge because it's um it, it's pretty to the point and and the setting is just more entertaining than than every other st- stage in the game halloween town's really good yeah right. exactly it has is all it... these really neat sorry it has all these really neat intricacies like the puzzles where you have to go through the coffin to get to the graveyard and then you have to go through this door to get to another way and things like that and i love the way that the whole like, it's like Wonderland, but right. Like, it plays around with the design and the kind of kookiness of the world really perfectly. And, like, the claymation style of it. Like, it looks like it's stop motion, kind of all grayed yeah, out like- and everything. And I adore it. And, um, and they even have uh, your three main characters walk across the curly hill in the, against, the, against the moon backdrop. <laughs> and uh, uh, we, we mentioned there's a costume change, and that's really cool. Uh the heart, the heartless. If you look closely at the little, at the heartless in that world, they have a little pattern on them that makes them look more like handmade, which is really yeah. cute. And and uh, the story, if you can call it a story, in uh, Halloween Town is that Jack uh, thinks the heartless are perfect for Halloween and wants to make them dance, <laughs> which is very, which is very in keeping with Jack Skellington. Yeah, he's a no, good no. boy who did nothing wrong. Yeah, no, no, he, he's he's a very good but delusional boy, and um, who uh, tries to leverage science for you know a a horrifying twisted um, uh, purpose that is, that's very innocent coming from him. And also uh, uh, Jack is by far my favorite ally that joins, not because he's good. I mean, he is good, but n- not as strong as beast, I guess. But in the menu, he has this great strut. He has just this, yeah. uh, this, this long stride with his shoulders swaying. It's like, Oh, Jack Skellington, you're the coolest. He, kn- <laughs> he knows it. It's uh yeah, it's a fun world, and Oogie Boogie too is a is a great um a great villain, really fun performance, and it's a pretty nifty boss fight too. Yeah, the yeah. two stage boss fight, I believe. I, I think they, I think whoever or whatever talked the way into the Night Before Christmas on this one, I feel like they put a lot of love in this level, like almost oh, yeah. too much, because I out of all the levels, this is like one of the very few levels that I can distinctly remember. Not only because I'm grinding in it. But all the characters, all the placements, the details, even to the last thing, even the Oogie fight, uh, the first part and especially the second part, it just felt like someone put a lot of effort into this, and it was so good. I think that movie had to be popular in Japan because uh, at least two manga and anime that I really like have extremely clear homages to uh, to Nightmare Before Christmas, and I and I just you know I. I I, I I I think that movie must have done well in Japan, and it was probably one of the worlds that Square people were excited to include, and they did a really good job with it. It's it's again, I think it's probably the best Disney world in this game. 
Yeah, totally agree. Um, and the the Oogie Manor fight too is really cool. That's a, that's a f- another fight that takes advantage of mobility. Yeah, you have to, like, there's some weird pla- yeah there's some weird platforming you have to do to get to all of those. I, I probably you know did a little bit of Skyrim glitching like horse riding up the side of a mountain kind of deal <laughs> to, yeah. to, to get yeah. to some of, to get to some of them. But uh, uh, those two boss fights, their their gimmicks weren't terribly hard to figure out and were uh, you know different enough that I I wasn't you know. Yeah, I, I I wasn't growling at the television like I was at times during the Ursula fights. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. Uh, after after you, uh, Halloween Town is Neverland, or I, I okay, this one's a little weird for me because it's they call it the World Neverland, but it's just Captain Hook's pirate ship and Big Ben <laughs> and Big Ben, hey. which I mean, fair enough, but I mean. It's not you don't go to Wonderland proper until I think birth by sleep. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. yeah, Wonderland almost feels like Neverland, Neverland. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong land. Uh Neverland <laughs> feels like I don't know, like 3 quarters of a dungeon. Yeah. It feels undercooked, doesn't it? And it's it's almost feels like well it is like the same design in every room but you are going again back and forth through the same rooms over and over again there's like six different rooms and it's just tiring. yeah and, and yeah you go back through the same ones and you unlock some as you open them from the inside and uh because it, it looks a little, the the hold of the ship looks a little bit samey so i definitely got lost and accidentally found the boss room instead of you know instead oh. of having much command of what was going on i uh-huh. i don't I'm, flying around london is great um, and, oh, yeah. and the flying controls are better than the swimming controls. Like that's hard, but uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, I didn't love Neverland, and uh, you know Peter Pan is an okay uh, companion. But um, going from uh, like Jack to Peter, then to Beast, it's clear who the lepidus of that triumvirate is. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, I do like Captain Hook, um, and that is a cool boss fight against him. Although, uh, oh yeah, I, I'm more, I, I, I'm more I love the hammy villain performances. The the coalition of evil villains in this game. I want them. I wanted them to all have more banter and, and screen time. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I wish the crocodile got more screen time because he is my personal hero for Peter Pan. I've always adored him and his little clock. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> there should there should have been a like a, a better scene of knocking Captain Hook into the crocodile. I would have dug that. Mm-hmm. It's actually in um Birth by uh, Sleep, I think. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, in Birth by Sleep during the boss fight, you can knock him into it to do oh, damage. Oh, so you it's tell me really that they cute. do a better version of this in a future Kingdom oh. Hearts game? Oh, yeah, oh. It, Kingdom uh, Hearts, it gets better. Actually, can... Neverland and Birth by Sleep is one of the best worlds in the series. I would argue. <laughs> I love it. It also yeah, has the most frustrating moments with Captain Hook. I mean, at least for me, mm-hmm. anyway. I I don't know why. It's just they. They took Neverland, and I feel like it's very forgettable. And any single time I think of Neverland for Kingdom Hearts 1, I don't even think of Kingdom Hearts 1. I think of another Kingdom Hearts game when I think of Neverland. But Mm -hmm. I I guess reminding myself that you spent the entire game inside the pirate ship, and then you have the awesome boss fight. It's like, it feels very lackluster at the same time. It's an an okay boss fight. It's... It's better um, than Days. Days' version of Neverland was just like a big empty field. Days. Mm-hmm. The, the the DS one with Rapsos. Oh, 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 yeah. Five, eight, ever two. Sorry. Right, right, right. The the, the right. I forgot. Uh, um, sometimes Kingdom Hearts titles resemble the quadratic formula. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The title will make perfect sense when you finish the game. Says Tetsuya Nomura. Raises Does it hand. <laughs> Does it though? Does it though? <laughs> uh. 
Although, like, going back to Neverland really briefly, there's the return of these very cool Heartless designs, kind of like a mirror from the Agrabah ones. So you've gone from, like, bandits to pirates. And you know how I love me some pirates. Like, oh, yeah. I love some Heartless pirates. And I do like the pirate ship ones as well. They can be a pain in the butt. Wasn't that, like, a multi, multi thing? You attack his propeller, the cannons and everything to really yes. kill it? Yeah, they're really good to grind on. So if you take out the mast, the back, the two cannons, you get like 50 points, like 50 PP. Oh, I didn't know two. that. I just, I just, you know, I, I just pressed uh, X a lot. <laughs> if you're doing the, if you're doing the time trials in Olympus Coliseum, those things are really annoying though, because yeah. they can, they can fly out of range of your attacks. And it's like, you're just watching the timer countdown. You can, like, you, you can, you can drag them down by casting gravity on them though. Can't you? Oh, can you? I, yeah. I don't, I never, I didn't use gravity a whole lot, but you, you can do that, that for a lot of the floating enemies in the game. And I, I noticed it that because Donald being useful for once in his life, uh, <laughs> uh would do that occasionally. Mm-hmm. See, for me, Donald just cast stop a lot, which made my enemy fights take longer, and I got upset. <laughs> yeah. But, fair. Yeah, I didn't like I do like how um, Neverland in Kingdom Hearts 1, though, is similar to Monster in that it's not like a grounded world, in that it's traveling space or whatever the Kingdom Hearts inter-world um, area is called. Um, it's just traveling around, trying to find... I think it's trying to find the princesses or trying to take Wendy around because they think she's one of the princesses of heart, don't they? And she's not. So yeah, yeah, Captain Hook was a little offended when Maleficent told him she wasn't a princess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not important, Captain Hook. Yeah, perennial perennial dark boy Riku uh, makes an appearance again. Oh, and yeah. uh, this time he has Kyrie, because turns out Kyrie's one of the princesses that they need. You weren't looking um, for Kyrie. I had Kyrie given to me. This makes me upset <laughs> with you. <laughs> Okay, that monotone was really friendly. Was... Calm, calm down the brooding there. It's like, okay, thanks, Riku. Real helpful. Um, I know, right? And he comes with all this. This is the point where he like has the purple skin, isn't it? Like the weird heart. The, kind oh, of design. oh, the purple hula skirt of death. Oh yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't come later at Hollow Bastion, or is this the first? No, it comes. I... At, it does come in Hollow Bastion. He gets it like pretty much right when you get in there. Yeah, that's um, right. It's not really, I guess it's not really explained as much, aside from Maleficent says, oh, well, you, now you're a good servant to me now. Here's his armor and here's his everything else. Now you're you're cool now. I'll make you glow green for a few seconds and now you have power over the Heartless. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on from there, you have to go back to, uh, to Traverse Town briefly, I think. I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. Yeah, you have to talk to Sid and he says, well, let's go back to this one place. I can't unlock, but here you go. Then you watch a cutscene, then he gives you the thing, and then you go to Hollow Bastion, which is, it's not the final world of the game, but it feels very climactic in terms of its design. Like, it's probably one of the most complicated spaces you have to navigate in this game. Um, It's the only one that feels like an RPG dungeon to me in the entire game. (laughs) It is, Um, I think it's very clearly a homage, at very least homaging um, a Final Fantasy dungeon. And I, I, my uh, my first impression was that it's the Cinderella castle that appears in the Disney logo, but like uh, but like all twisted and taken over by uh, by Heartless. But then I but then I think it's by the end I decided oh it's less that and more more like you said Peter an homage to Final Fantasy dungeons, and uh, you know it has multiple zones it has moving platforms and elevators it has. Uh, it has a, a tiny bit of puzzle solving with like the the library stuff and the emblem making stuff. It, it Hollow Bastion felt like a normal RPG dungeon, but n- not in a bad way. In a in a oh, I like RPGs. Yes, give me a normal RPG dungeon, please. 
yeah, I like this world a lot, especially with the music. Like it's kind of zen. Like I love how uh, mm-hmm. how you mm-hmm. kind of fall into that. It's like a, tr- a trance listening to that music. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I got in my head right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Just <laughs> it's that, in, that and Travis Town. It's the rhythm, isn't it? The slow, yeah. the, the, the slow one, panel. The thing I, I, I disliked the most though was fighting large numbers of flying enemies when you can fall off the edge uh, of the, uh, yeah, uh, that of is, the castle walls a couple times. Great, yeah. Uh, that no, is always, no. that is that is really annoying, and if you're not spec for magic, although there is a um, this is a nifty tool that I didn't figure out until a couple playthroughs in. But um, if you double if you double tap triangle while you're um targeted onto an enemy, Donald and Goofy will bum rush that enemy. They will, um, yeah. Wow, I, think, I didn't know I, that. I figured actually, that out this playthrough, but the I, problem is, by this point, I have a special move equipped to triangle. So sometimes yeah. I do off. So that was actually more, that was actually more that was actually more useful in the PS2 version when um when special abilities were mapped to uh. The, I'm trying to steal my neighbor's car again, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when special abilities were mapped to the command menu instead of the triangle. One of these um, days, yeah. you'll you'll carjack them properly, Peter. But uh, yeah, I I think it was probably a good decision uh, mapping like the special move to triangle instead of creating a new line, just because it's a, uh, just because it pops on the screen more and it's fewer button presses. But, it is. E- uh, yeah. No, I agree. But uh, I, I did not know about this bum rush technique. It, it might have helped me a little bit. But I. Uh, or, or uh, the other pro strat, which is spam thunder. No, no well, I mean, uh, my strat was okay. I'll just move in towards the wall so I don't fall in by accident, and then maybe they'll charge me so I can counter them. Yeah, Fair. that's how I do it. All, all I can remember is the platforming on Halabastion was. I, I don't know if it progressively got worse because I know when you're at the very bottom, and I think it was beast and everything, and you're trying to get through the whole thing of well, well, I guess we should say this too that how you lose a keyblade when you first enter Halabastion. Which that yeah, blew my mind, <laughs> and uh, it just it taught me that wow, I guess I am insignificant, and I have to use Beast for just about everything, and I have to run away and everything else. But fortunately, what... Beast is literally a beast, and he, he, <laughs> oh, he's yeah. very he powerful. Yep, he he one shots a lot of those heartless thingers. But it made me really appreciate the platforming just a little bit more as you progress more into Halabastion. That I don't know if I loved it, but I didn't hate it. It just it felt right it wasn't your like unthought of other square games that had platforming i'm not gonna name the game um (laughs) but that just didn't fit into the game but this this felt good but it was annoying honestly i didn't think the the platforming was that bad in this but i think it's because uh by now you have high jump and glide and that gives you a lot lot more control uh Sora's increased mobility by this point in the game makes navigating a lot more fun. Um, it's unfortunate that it's so late in the game, but you do kind of appreciate it once you get those abilities. I think it's like you think of it as more of a challenge. Like you, you progress up to this point. Now let's test all of those things you've learned at this one stage. Yeah, yeah. which is good. Which is good. Almost final area design. <laughs> but once you get to the the bosses at the end of the world are some of the best in the in the game too. Um Dragon Maleficent. Oh man, that fight is tough. Yeah, it really can be, can't it? I've never died against it. I don't know why. I have the I... most luck with that boss ever. But to be fair, by this point I am literally just like jacked up in strength and I just Arcan and everything yeah, now. So, uh, it was this it was Hollow Bastion where I first discovered well, actually no, it was the Hercules boss fight right before Hollow Bastion. Um, where I discovered, oh, Arzar Canem just wrecks everything. If you if you <laughs> oh, get if you get like seventy five percent of the combo hitting. 
So oh, I, so you uh, went back and did the Coliseum tournaments? I did. I, uh, I, cool. I had completely ignored them, but I knew that Hollow Bastion was a big thing. So I'm like, oh, I'll just go and, uh, I'll go and do all three tournaments. And I, uh, I had to sort of solve Hercules to how to get rid of his aura. But, uh, I, I did do all of them and I used the Olympia Keyblade for all of Hollow Bastion until I got the Divine Rose Keyblade. Oh, um, I should yeah. mention this. Um, I, I, the reason I ultimately decided to do Atlantica was because I knew I would get a Keyblade at the end. That was about... <laughs> About cool. seventy, about seventy percent of why I did it. You know, that's a good incentive. <laughs> but, but so anyway, I yeah, I did the, uh, I didn't do the final tournament that unlocks really late. But I did the first three, uh, and got the Olympia, and I did beat Maleficent and the Dragon on the first try. Again, Ars Arcanum featured heavily. It, basically, Ars Arcanum and Cura were how, and then later Curaga mm -hmm. was how I beat every other boss in the game. But. Uh, the Riku boss fight at the end, the the second Riku boss fight, uh, took oh, me took God. me it took me several tries. It, uh, probably that it, probably that, is, uh, it, that um, is a famous roadblock. I got I would get him down to his green health bar a lot, and then he would just kill me too fast before I could use an elixir. And yeah. but uh, but then you know try seven or eight, I knocked it out. It's like it's like every time it's like okay, I see how he's killing me. I just need to be. A little lucky and a little good with reflexes, and I, I and I like I, I I never wanted to throw my controller. It's like okay, I know what I have to do. It'll just take a, a little bit of grinding, a little bit of repetition, and then I'll figure it out. And I did, but it, but it was the boss that took me the most tries this whole game. Yeah, you can't really just spam things, can you? It's the first boss where you can't really stun lock into a combo or anything yeah. like that. No, he, so, he's yeah. he's very good at blocking, even if you have a key that resists deflecting, like the Divine Rose. And um, he can he can knock you out of stuff a lot. So you, I think you have to be either very good with your counter timing or your dodge rolling, to and then and then sort of just and get your hits in when he's uh, off the end of an attack. And then and then his dash move and his rapid fire blue, uh, blue darkness fire whatever. <laughs> like like and, splash and, and yeah, yeah all, all that's all that's pretty. It's it's I would say reasonably challenging to avoid. Uh, so I would. Yeah, I I would get him down to yellow or green every time, and then he would just kill me with uh with too many fast hits in a row. But I eventually figured it out. I th yeah. I think it was like one of those first battles that I almost threw my controller at the screen uh, a few times. Uh, I I think I I I guess in a way I would feel that this game is leading up to uh, like really really difficult battle. I mean, if it wasn't for Dragon Maleficent, it was the Riku Ansem fight because I I. Thought oh, yeah, I got yeah, the pattern. Yeah. Riku's, is, Riku's possessed by Ansem. Here, yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's like halfway through you're battling him, and then he gets like he cranks it up a notch, and then if you're not careful, you'll just instantaneously die if you don't you know haven't had enough leveled up. I would get point, him. But... I would you would get him below fifty percent, and then suddenly he would go Super Saiyan and kill you real fast unless you had uh unless you had the timing absolutely down. So this is also the the moment after the Riku fight is also when the story really comes to it to a head with a a moment that is pretty critical to the later games, um, which is when Sora becomes a heartless. Mm -hmm. That was actually a very interesting thing. Uh, yeah. I didn't see that coming when I first played it, and you get to play as a just normal heartless you and play as a little, adorable little heartless dude yeah, just running around. Yeah, and yeah, he can even ride elevators, I jumping know. off ledges. I just jumped off ledges to my death. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Suicide. <laughs> Uh, so, I, I just took elevators until I accidentally ended up in the library, so it worked out. Yeah. But um, 
I like that moment a lot because I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good, I mean, okay. Sora's willing to sacrifice himself, you know, kind of a cute heroic moment. But then Riku and Kairi actually kind of get to do something, which is neat. Riku is fighting back against the darkness that's taken him, which I actually like the design of um, Riku's Keyblade too, because it has like a, a heart in, in the negative space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a neat design. I dig it. It reminded me of the Sword of Darkness from the from Power Rangers, but uh, <laughs> hey, but, that's but, very but, fair. Uh, but of course, it did. <laughs> that's very fair. Um, that bit where Donald and Goofy go off because Riku steals oh. the Keyblade is like what the it was hell? So heart- it was heartbreaking because your your best buddy's just like, well, you don't have the Keyblade anymore, so screw you. Oh, oh, we have not forgotten, Donald. We no. have not forgotten. <laughs> we do not forgive. <laughs> I would expect this out of Donald, but Goofy, man. I thought Goofy had Sora's back. So I thought Goofy, Goofy was very reluctant of going. He, he was reluctant, and he was the first one to come That's back. The, and he was the, like, I'm not going to betray Sora either. Like Pluto would not have done that. No. Where the hell no. is Pluto for this entire game? Right. Well, Pluto will give way into the next game, believe me. Just, oh, yeah. I saw I saw the final cutscene, but, it, but when they find Pluto again, it's like, where have you been the whole time, man? You you could have helped, you know, murk some heartless for me, couldn't you? I mean, he's he's a literal dog, unlike Goofy, who is a dog with a shield. Well, he's the MacGuffin of the series. He just like continues with the story, just like you don't know where he does, you don't know where he goes. He's just there. Neither it's true. Pluto just kind of shows up. Neither Alana nor I included Goofy or Pluto in the Good Dogs of RPGs episode uh, <laughs> um, a year ago, and I, no, no, I, I think I think we're justified. I mean, are these good RPG dogs? I don't know. Well, he's a good. Ho- <laughs> uh oh, he's not you know, a good dog though. Oh yeah, that's the point though. Hmm. Mm. No, you can't ever say Pluto is bad. And <laughs> no, you no, can't no, no, no. Pl- Pluto is a good dog. He's just a. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, dogs sleep twenty hours a day. He was just, and 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 I think this entire game might take place in less than twenty four hours, which makes Riku's turn even crazier. It's like, it's like, man, why are you this mad at Sora when I don't think a full day has passed? But uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, I I didn't totally understand why everything transpired the way it did uh, after the Riku fight. But it, at least the band gets back together, except Riku, who's now uh, speaking to Jedi Mickey? Je- Jedi Mickey, and he's still possessed by Billy Zane. Yeah. Right. Wait, 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 mm-hmm. wait, really? Which is not so, a bad thing. <laughs> but I thought Riku was in the darkness world, and you were fighting Billy Zane. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, no, he was. Billy Zane gets gets kicked out and goes to the Heartless's home and, world, the end of the world. Right, and I have another question. I hope this doesn't count as endgame spoiler stuff, but... Uh, You're fine. Uh, what was Billy Zane... What We were just calling him Billy Zane. What was, <laughs> what was Ansem's plan? And so... A- so Ansem like, basically like, just wants the... Basically, Ansem basically just wants the Heartless to overrun the worlds. Okay, but <laughs> that that... That was foiled when uh, when they reta- when the people retake Hollow Bastion. But then when they go back to the end of the world, Zane is uh, uh, Ansem is about to retake Kingdom Hearts anyway. So did they need to over have the Heartless overrun the worlds, or or was that just what Maleficent and the Disney Coalition of Evil was trying to do? I think it's what the Disney Coalition of Evil wants to do because they all have their own agendas and people yeah. they want beaten from their movies. Whereas Ansem. Um, Ansem was like the leader of the society that was in Hollow Bastion before, right, um, I, and I he just know, wants knowledge. It, yeah, I don't know if it, okay, um, that does make sense, but uh, it's in, it's in the Ansem reports. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I I did I unlocked I think nine of the ten of them, but 
Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if if what Ansem wanted all along was in the end of the world, then I don't. I'm not sure why he had to deal with any of the Disney stuff at all. But I maybe I'm there. I'm probably skipping steps here. Uh, it, it's basically, I think he's just super curious about what's going to happen because that just seems like his mo. And he did seem like he wanted to connect all the worlds with darkness, like uh, it, like almost having the darkness sort of absorb all the worlds and absorb them all, like mm-hmm. and, and absorb all of their uh, you know history and knowledge. I think might have been yeah. part of it. Which but is when, how King, which is what Kingdom Hearts is, is it's basically the collective on. This is going to sound like a persona thing. It's basically the collective unconscious of all the Disney worlds. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I, I think it might be the collective unconscious of all worlds and all souls. Because, like, uh, if hearts and worlds and, you know, uh, the hearts of worlds are behind keys <laughs> or behind keyholes, uh, it's probably where uh, everything is, like, birthed and, and when something's destroyed, they return to Kingdom Hearts. It's almost like yep. the... It's I don't know it's it's like a, it's like an orch cloud or something where stars are born and then when stars die uh, the, the 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 dust returns to the cloud so it's, that's basically how it be and they even do that with like the the, the stars blink out when a world disappears mm-hmm. so yeah it's it, it's a collective unconscious or a uh, for a more you know um, early Earth example like a primordial sea of uh, mm-hmm. of sorts and um, and Ansem's big theory is that everything is born from and returns to darkness. And then Laura says, nah, bro, it's light. And then that changes everything. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Basically. In a nutshell. We're already on there. So let's just talk about the yeah. end of the world now. I'll say the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I skipped ahead. No, it's fine. I've had less than 24 hours to process all of this. I beat, uh, <laughs> I beat, I beat the game late last night. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff too, but I, I love the end of the world. I think it's one of my favorite areas in the game. It's probably a big sticking point for why, for me, at least, the original Kingdom Hearts sticks out in my mind because I just love that world. It's like I, I, I like the mood of the world and I like the yeah. music that plays. Um, and I kind of like the area with no enemies where you're sort of descending between platforms because that, uh, that 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 really does feel like you're descending into an abyss. And the environment design uh-huh. is more interesting than the you know uh, open iceberg or the straight lines of red columns. <laughs> but, yeah. So it's so like I don't love the design of the end of the world, just mechanically going from place to place. But uh, but but the mood of it, the it, it does have an air of finality to it that a good mm-hmm. uh, RPG final dungeon has, and it has a bunch of boss fights that were I would say mostly like pretty good for what this game is. Did, did you know Chernabog was in this game? No, that was <laughs> you know, that was um I, I I someone mentioned the word Chernabog to me. I think it was, I was me. <laughs> and it, it, it probably was, and it made me. Uh, it was either you or Stephen Myrick. Uh, but and I didn't. It didn't register because, like, oh yeah, Chernabog. That's a that's a demon. That's a that's. I think that's in Solomon's Key. I think you fight Chernabog in Shadow Hearts and Persona. Uh, but then it's like, oh, oh, it's the demon from Fantasia. Oh damn! Yeah. Like so Nightingale cool. Martin starts playing, and it's oh, like, man. yeah, iconic, awesome. It, that's one of the best moments in the game. It, it is mm-hmm. one of the coolest random Disney cameos. It's, it's it's one of those. It's like, oh, I'm collecting 99 puppies. This is great. Oh, I'm fighting the demon from Fantasia. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the kind of thing kingdom hearts yeah. was made for that was the uh yes it was not a, a long cameo and not an entire world but it was a very very cool disney moment that uh i'll get to this later frankly i wish kingdom hearts had more of that's totally I, fair i yeah. think I, I think one thing with Trenerbog is this uh, you appreciate after you beat it it's like how the game kind of starts ramping up the ridiculousness of your bosses 
because uh, you now you're battling like this giant because we had like a super Ursula like er, early on, and then we have other bosses and bosses, and then we have Trinobog. Like, yeah, and then like <laughs> you, you kind of get a feeling that it's like what what else is you gonna do? And then you start moving on and you battle against I don't know if this is jumping up a little bit, and you get Ansem. But um, I, I, is it the first time you go against Ansem? You're by yourself, or is it no, the second one? Second um, time. Second one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you, you fight first Ansem with Donald and Goofy, and then the, and then you fight uh, the weird, like, shapeless thing from the very beginning dark of the side. game. The, the dark side. Yeah. That's what they're called. Yeah. Sure. I, ha- right. I hated the second part because it, it caught me off guard so many times. I had blow through so many elixirs because I was either not prepared or I, I didn't know what to do, especially yeah. when... Um, the third round of it, where it's solo Sora against uh, Ansem and his uh, and his demon buddy, uh, that that was the most challenging of the of the end game fights. But it felt it felt like an easier version of Riku Ansem to me, because I, I uh, like okay, I just have to sidestep when he does this and this, and uh, you have to pick your battles mm-hmm. because um, if you. Uh, uh, shoot! What, what if if you submit? If he says if, then, if he says submit, yeah. the thing will grab you. Yeah. So if he says submit, mm-hmm. then you gotta just dodge backwards or something. No. In and in the first phase, there's a bit of build up because he says something like he says like insolence or something, and then builds up to the grab attack. But in the one v one, he jumps straight into it, so you have to be careful. Yeah, but he can mm-hmm. also um he can also get far away from you quickly, and uh, will sometimes have his demon buddy. I don't know what I don't know why he has a symbiotic demon partner at all. Maybe maybe that's explained better in a different game. Uh, it's not okay. Oh, good. <laughs> but uh, but but sometimes he'll do a full guard even. So it's it's hard mm-hmm. to you know land a full Ars Arcanum on him. But you but you have yeah. to you know just dodge well and and pick and uh, pick your spots well. I like um I like how he goes into a full villain monologue mid fight. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't be a Japanese RPG though, would it? What do you hope to accomplish? <laughs> God, God, I could listen to Billy Zane talk all day. Uh, <laughs> Me too. He does have a smooth, buttery voice. It's true. I I, I, that, I wish he had more voice work in this game. Frankly, that that final that final speech he gives before the fight that's one of my favorite moments in the game too. When like you get to the island at the end of it and it all starts disappearing and he just starts berating Sora like. You understand nothing, bruh. It's, <laughs> I love that bit. It's it's really cool. It's ethereal. Glenn's good a good amount of build up to the fight, and I just get to listen to my man Billy Zane talk. It's fun, fun times. Then the I, final fight. Then the final. Sorry, Mike. No, no, no. I was about to talk about the final fight too. Um, the the final fight. Uh, I think is. Uh, it goes less, full Final Fantasy. Yeah, it, it, no, it's it, like it's it, like a, it's like an old school Final Fantasy boss, like Neo X Death, like, like yeah, yeah but, but, with you know, like weird fleshy demon parts all stacked onto each other, like like Neo X Death or the uh, or the uh, um the pre- Kefka, the tower, the yeah, tower of yeah, Kefka, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the tower of the, <laughs> the tower of statues before Kefka, um, but I I don't know, it, it did not feel, um. It, it didn't feel as emotional as the fight against Ansem. And also, it, it does the... Uh, I, I, this is just my preferences. And this also extends to uh, the Chernabog fight and the uh, uh, and the fight against Giant Ursula. I don't love the um, floating, flying, fighting a giant thing. As, no, as, 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 much, as, fighting the, as much as fighting on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's that's totally fair. If anything, Chernabog was my favorite of those because uh, because of how cool the reference was and 
Um, and then because I thought was he was stylistically the most interesting of them. But yeah, the, I I didn't like fighting the weird Final Fantasy demon battleship Ansem because mm. because yeah, I don't I don't think the floating stuff is as interesting. Yeah, it's not, and and it's um, it, you're basically just wailing on him, and either either you're gonna if you're at a lower level, you want to dodge the laser beams that he starts firing or you can just take it at higher levels like if i knew i was going to take laser beams i would i would cast uh aurora on myself first yeah but, uh, I, yeah I, I didn't find any part of that really challenging mm-hmm. it's like oh he's gonna get spinny i guess i'll I guess I'll, I'll back out and use a and use a mega ether i do like um i do like how you have to go into the little portals to get donald and goofy back and then it's like in pitch darkness that's kind of neat mm-hmm. um it's it makes the 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 dark the darker heartless kind of intimidating, like because you just see the eyes, and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of of sets of yellow eyes coming at you, and it's like ah. And, and, it, gives, <laughs> and it gives you a feeling of the battle building, uh, with, with, yeah. like, like with your party growing and the and the danger increasing. That um, that idea yeah. wasn't bad, but but still, I I think uh, uh, Riku Ansem is the is the good, challenging, interesting fight of the whole final gauntlet. Yeah, this is more the spectacle fight, I'm, which I'm, is I'm sorry, oh, not Riku Ansem, a uh, regular Ansem, final Ansem. You, you know which one. Yeah, I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. that's totally fair. Uh, I so cried you... a little. I cried a little at the ending. I'm, the I'm ending is very right sweet. Just, I just, I, I, I'm gonna admit that right now. The ending where I, I know the exact moment uh, since we get to the ending and everything, and how um, there's Kyrie there, and then Sora's there, and uh, I think he's. They're getting separated as Kyrie's going back to the Destiny Islands and whatnot. And then the theme song plays. It just plays like that. It's like, I can't hold back my tears anymore. I can't, man. The minute Simplin Clean kicks in, it's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Not that again. Is, that is like, a needle yeah. drop. The, the, yeah. the, the, the music moments of the credits and ending are great, but I do not care about these characters enough to shed tears, I'm afraid. <laughs> this, is, this, is not yeah. like, uh, this is not like the... Um, oh, I can't, I can't say it yet. Uh... uh the ending of an RPG we will be playing later on this podcast is uh, makes me cry at the credits every time. But this is not hitting that level. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm invested enough in the overall story of Kingdom Hearts. Although this is a big part of it too, is that again the Kingdom Hearts it gets better thing. They develop <laughs> these characters in the later ones. I'm invested in this is where the story begins, but I also have the context of the later ones, so it does kind of make me a little more interested in the story partially because i know where it goes from here um but uh i do think it's a sweet moment and it's utada's music just gets me it does get me every time she's perfect and uh face my fears came out last night as of this recording and it's so good it's okay yeah this series really has a has a hell of a one-two punch between shimamura and utada it's like that's that's a hell of a double act Mm-hmm. Shimamura's music, I think, is one of the main reasons why this series' story has such a following. Because, man, those moments, the music is so melancholy and emotional and rich that it just sells yeah, the anime so melodrama. It's so intrinsic to every moment, isn't it? You can put a song to every moment. And there's so many leitmotifs going through the entire soundtrack for every game that it's like, oh, this plays at this bit. And you just like make all the references and oh, everything no. is great. Open piano chords coming. Time to time to feel some feelings. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, dude. Once um, once you hear like Roxas's theme in Kingdom Hearts 2, it's like, ah! <laughs> Roxas's theme into the other promise is like the killer for uh... me. We do get a tiny little shot of Mickey, though, which we didn't mention. With his oh, hair. yeah, that's right. With his, with... With his full-on, like, 
1930s outfit with his pants and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you when get a little glimpse of him. When Riku and uh, Mickey become dude bros, all of a sudden. They do, yeah. So they're closing the door to Kingdom Hearts. Um, so Sora, Goofy, and Donald are on one side, and Mickey and Riku are closing it from the inside. So you're left with this cliffhanger that like Riku and Mickey are trapped in. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's begins, gonna happen. I um, a little redemption arc that he goes through. I I, I I had guessed that it might have been Mickey that Riku was talking to after the events of Hollow Bastion, and then it was confirmed right at the ending. And then maybe yeah. it just made me wish that this game had more Mickey in it, because Mickey as this great king and great hero who was on a maybe a parallel adventure to yours uh, appeals to me great greatly. Like I I want a Kingdom Hearts Gaiden that's just what happened to, to Mickey during this game. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If it's him journeying through a world of darkness or fighting weird heartless, uh, but while keeping tabs on the other Keyblade user, because Mickey knows more than all than everyone that's, else, obviously. Mickey is the MVP of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. That's kind of what um what zero point two is um the the Kingdom Hearts three demo with Aqua that gets sure, into okay. that gets into what it's a three hour playable teaser, but it gets into what Mickey was doing during the ending of Kingdom Hearts and actually mm -hmm. ties directly Good. into the ending scene. It's pretty I am, neat. I am 0.2% more interested in that now. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's so good. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, did anyone anyone do, I know, Mike, you went back and did some of the Coliseum stuff. Did anyone else besides me do like the optional? All of it. For the spider? Oh. You did. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I did None of it. I got the Olympia Keyblade. It's like super. Let's beat the game. That's, yeah, that's I I didn't this time, but I have done it all previous times. I did the Colosseum. Mm -hmm. I've done all the puppies, and I did all the trinities. So I did all of the basic stuff. Yep. So I did all that. Um, I did the super bosses, which I gotta say, Kingdom Hearts One's selection of optional bosses is one of the is another thing about this game I find really incredible because there are four of them from the base game and they add a fifth one for final mix that ties mm -hmm. directly into Kingdom Hearts 2. It's a it's the villain from Kingdom Hearts 2, Xemnas. Um, yes. Um but you don't know that yet. Um <laughs> he's known as Mysterious Man or something in this game. <laughs> it, 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 I know I, I remember on forums in the 2000s people would call him Mansex, which I always was amused by, but he, oh, yeah. he is man sex. He has a very deep voice. <laughs> yeah. I think so. it's called an enigmatic. God, it's a big word. Enigmatic. I can't say it. Enigmatic. Yes, that. Thank you. Sorry. My, <laughs> um, my tongue was can't process that for some reason. Your your mileage may vary on whether or not um, enigmatic Xemnas or uh, Sephiroth is a harder fight. Personally, I think I think Sephiroth is a pretty fair challenge that you just have to be like, if you're at a high enough level, you can kind of cheese that fight. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the thing about Xemnas is that he has a, it, like he has an ability that can lock your command menu and randomly do damage to you oh, until you get the right oh. command. And it is a pain in the rear, but mm -hmm. it's a really cool fight. It has great buildup to it. Um, yeah. A, a great version of his theme music. It's it. And he's like, he got he has like dual lightsabers, so it's like he's like mm -hmm. zipping around and stuff. It's a really cool fight. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So we have the we have three other bosses, don't we? Sephiroth, yeah. I agree. I think he's slightly easier, but I do like the challenge he poses, and he's always a lot of fun. It's nice to see him pop up, even if you know he's a bit over dramatic. And Lance Bass is playing him, which is always great, and I love that he still has that <laughs> in his Twitter bio. How that excellent is, is that in 2019? <laughs> um, we have three other ones. Two of them are more heartless based. So we have Kurt Zeezer, which is a uh, 
I believe he's named after someone who won a competition. Am I correct? If that I'm is that is correct. Yeah, Kurt yeah. Ziza was named after someone who won a contest to be like they they made him as a new boss for the North American release of Kingdom Hearts One, and then That's there was a contest to be like, hey, name the boss. <laughs> That's right. Um, I don't mind Kurt Caesar too much. Uh, he's not too difficult. It's more of a, uh, it's more of a just kind of whittling down, avoid him a little bit, yeah. and things like it's, that. It, uh, it's a war of attrition, kind of, because basically he, yeah, he becomes he locks your magic command, and then mm -hmm. for, and then after that he locks your physical command, and it, it switches around. So you have to like alternate what attacks you're using. Yeah, I hate the other. Th Heartless boss, though I hate oh, the Phantom. Phantom. I actually hate Phantom in Neverland. Phantom. So Phantom if you go is the worst. It makes I you regret not choosing the the staff at the beginning because you realize that that is the only time in a game where you appreciate having as much magic as possible. Exactly. Yes, yeah. so you put oh, your best you magic didn't. keyblade on, put all your best um, equipment on, and things like that, and he's still a pain in the backside. Like I just it go it plays into the worst things about Atlantica and Neverland. Aiming your magic while you are floating around, and I hate it. It's like not too bad at this point but like i just mm -hmm. hate the floatiness of that boss and the mechanics so you have to keep stopping big ben from ticking around because all your party members have doom on them so if you cast stop on big ben it stops the hand so the doom timer stops counting down and you get to hit phantom with whatever color heart he is with the opposite magics or the same magic or something like it's it. the same magic so it's like red for fire blue yep. for so, so it's the opposite of ursula's cauldron just you know, just so this game communicates yeah. its uh, mechanics well. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a very challenging fight. It's not like like the gimmick is pretty easy to figure out, but um, it's just tedious and hard. And <laughs> yeah, I hate redoing it. It's you get the ult, but you get the ultimate stop spell from doing it, don't you? Is that what you get for it? Yeah, stop yeah, you get why. You, you, you don't need stop for anything else. I don't use stop anyway. Why would you give me the upgraded version of it? Okay, okay, I'll say this. The only other time in the game where you're going to need stop is if you're a crazy person like me and you want to get the best keyblade. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Grinding, but, because uh, one of the heartlet. So one of the things they added in Kingdom Hearts Final Mix is they the added... Pink asparagus? Um, the, pink, the pink and gear something, and whatever. I call it asparagus, but whatever. The pink asparagus. Okay, the yeah, pink asparagus is this really annoying... <laughs> giant pink mushroom thing that will drop good items for you if you can land a certain number of hits on it mm. while it while it is stopped um so what you do is you stop lasts as long as your magic meter does so you equip all your best magic boosting stuff get the most out of that cast arrow on yourself to land some extra hits and then you keep spamming ragnarok on it yeah. until it drops the items you need problem uh, Ragnarok is now mapped to Triangle. Pressing Triangle causes Donald and Goofy to attack the enemy. Their hits subtract from your total score. Amazing. Do you see the problem here? <laughs> it, <laughs> it is a like nightmare. A nightmare. Oh. <laughs> it is a nightmare. Those, I like some of the mushroom challenges, but this one is always a pain. Yeah, it's um, and and you do, and there's you have to defeat in order to, to synthesize the best gear. You want to get the item drops that drop from every new type of heartless that they added to final mix which means going back to each world and some of them are cool like there's like a frankenstein monster thing mm -hmm. in a uh, halloween town mm -hmm. there's um there's like a there's the, the neo shadows which are like the cool 
vicious looking muscular looking guys yeah those things they're cool they're really cool especially if you get the secret ending and you have that scene of them fighting in the rain yeah i also think you have jet balloon as well jet balloon is annoying my least favorite though are the sniper wilds because the sniper the ones from Traverse Town, the freaking teleporting monkeys. I hate them. Yeah. Every time you walk into Traverse Town and the music starts, the battle music starts playing, and you're like, there's no Heartless. I'm like, there's a Heartless, and I just run. I'm just like, no, and if not it, today. If it, the thing is, too, if it sees you, you're done because mm-hmm. they won't. They don't drop experience or items once they see you. So you have to kill three of them in a row to get the item drops. Um, yep. And they... Um, Who thought this no. was a good idea? No, Grinded. it's not even... It's not even three in a row. Three waves in a row. Um, it's they go one, two, three. They spawn in. So basically, you know what you do? You know what you do? Because there's really no easy way to do this. You find a corner and you spam thunder until they die. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. When <laughs> sounds I did like it. you did it with a bit of aggression at that point. That that sounds like you had a lot of painful moments. Oh my god! Do you know you you I knew I was angry because like I was I I've, I at this point I'm already committed to to doing this. So whatever, fine. I um. <laughs> I tried, I was looking up different methods for people who are like, oh, you know, just go down there and cast stop on them. That doesn't work. They break out a stop like in two seconds. Um, oh, use Mushu. That doesn't work. Um, wow. Yeah. That just straight up doesn't work. Um, just wait for them to jump, wait for them to jump up and pick them off one at a time. That takes too long and also sometimes doesn't work. Um, it's stressful. They stress me out so much. Fortunately, the item drops, once they do die and drop items, the item drops appear above your head and drop, so um, you don't have to like go down and pick them up. But um, they get more aggressive the more of them you defeat, too. So you can't just keep farming them. You have to leave and wait for them to respawn. It is the worst. Mm-hmm. And now that I've done it once, I'm never doing it again. This is my badge of honor. I'm, hey, I've you, done you've, it. you've earned the badge of honor. It's fine. I got I got the freaking platinum trophy on this playthrough. I'm 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 done. I did it. I'm I'm, I'm never touching this again. <laughs> I think the whole thing about the new Kingdom Hearts, I mean, I can say new Kingdom Hearts, but the final mix on the PlayStation uh, three or uh, four at this rate is that I think with the trophies, unlike when you were you know played the game on a PlayStation two, which I know they didn't have the Sniper Wilds, or at least we didn't have the final mix stuff in Japan. You're back in my day (laughs) yeah but it's like i remember taking photos and i i I don't mind saying this but i was so happy when i first beat sephiroth i took a photo i took a video i was so i can probably (laughs) find that video somewhere um i did the same thing when i i grinded my every single little thing a fiber being about me when i grinded and get the ultimate weapon i i was so happy and now you get your trophies and it just feels like i did it and this is my proof right there and then you just never touch the game ever again. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, depends how much you love them. I mean, I'll pro- I, am confident, I, 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 I am comfortable not getting that trophy and also not touching this game ever again. <laughs> I mean, I probably will because I do have a, I do like this game a lot. I think it's charming despite its many flaws and despite the fact that the later games are better. But um, oh, we didn't talk about Ice Titan. Ice Titan sucks. Moving up. Yeah, he does. <laughs> lots of guarding, lots of deflecting. Uh, He's hard, but in a kind of just irritating way not like sephiroth challenge and um enigmatic enigmatic man though yeah the fight is i mean the fight's kind of a spectacle and it's cool like but it where he's like dropping giant icicles on your head and you have to like deflect his attacks (laughs) back at him but it just gets it just gets old fast but yeah so kingdom hearts's end game grind uh zero out of ten would not recommend but you do get some the bosses are awesome the rewards you get like the the key the ultimate key the ultimate weapon is a really great keyblade 
and it looks ornate enough that it's like, oh yeah, I spent a lot of time getting this. I feel proud of myself, but it is tedious getting there. Um, I do like um, though the another side, another story, the uh, post game cutscene. Did any of you guys unlock that? Uh, not this time, but have seen it before. Oh, I yeah. love it. That piece of music is one of my favorites in the series. It's, how cool well, is the dual keyblades? And how cool is Riku? Not Riku. It is Riku by this. That's Riku. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is Riku. Um, how cool is that fight on the side of the skycraper and it's foreshadow stuff? And this is the kind of bit that I'm like, yeah, we're getting to the good stuff now. Yeah, like, and that, the fact that, that that basically is like that became like this is a canonical moment in the series. But back when that this first came out, we didn't know anything. We didn't know who Roxas was or anything like that. But it's such a cool moment. The music is great. It's a great it's a cool looking fight. Uh, lots of yeah. mysterious foreshadowing. And uh, I love it. It's so mm. good. Oh, yeah, me too. Kingdom Hearts is a, is a series is a is a, is certainly a series with lore and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that that about wraps up every uh, everything in Kingdom Hearts one. Um, but I do want to get everyone's closing thoughts. Um, Mike, I'm going to save you for last because I think we've been talking. I think you're the one that we've all been wanting to hear from. You <laughs> sure. know. People been flooding your inbox. So real quick, I want uh, Alana and Kyle. Can you guys give me your uh, brief final thoughts on Kingdom Hearts One after playing it for this podcast? Uh, Alana first. Oh uh, yeah. Um. So weird playthrough. Um. Third time playing it. I think I've liked it less every time I've played it. Um. But I do like some of the end game stuff, and I think that it's an important series and. It reminds me of what I like about some of the later games, which is good. So I think it's sometimes a necessary step. And I think if you're looking to dive into three, which is out literally days after this is going up, then I think you do no worse than picking up that PS4, um, the complete story or whatever it's called, because Europe doesn't have it. So I don't remember the name. Um, but I'm yeah, sorry. it was. <laughs> um, but I, I still like this game to a degree. Um, I don't think I'll go back to the first one anymore. Um, I think I'm done and happy. I have done everything before, so I'm pretty comfortable with that. But it was nice to revisit and say Halloween Town is the best world. Hollow Bastion is also one of the best worlds in the series. And I'm excited for three, mostly. I'd like to see where we are from 2003 to 2019. So it's been a journey. <laughs> sure has. Kyle? Uh, I think Kingdom Hearts is is something that kind of snuck up on me when I first played it, when I first got it for the PlayStation 2, and as I, I played it multiple times over and over again, and, and my recent playthroughs as well, I, I I think I appreciate it more like fine wine in a way that it, it I know we keep saying that it just gets better and everything, but I, I think I learned that with a game like this, with between platforming and between some symbolisms that after playing the other Kingdom Hearts games and coming back to the first one, you kind of feel like, oh yeah, that's that's kind of cool to know that he developed and she did this and the hearts was like this and everything. And you just appreciate this a bit more once you play the other games and everything. But even if you play this game by itself, I mean, it does stand up to be I mean, I almost dare to say a, a cult classic in most most genres out there, but it, it's it's one of those things that Disney took a chance with Square and Square said, you know what, let's just put everything out on the table here to see if everyone likes it. And I don't think they knew what was going to happen when the game first came out, that it would just be as large as it is right now, uh, whether or not if you're you know, for the lore, against the lore, I have no idea what the heck lore is. But I, I think Kingdom Hearts ultimately is is something that I don't think I would pick up 
this randomly, but if I ever had to pick it up in the future, I, I, I think I would just beat it casually without thinking about it and just, again, put it back for another year or two or even longer than that and just be happy that I, I played it. Fair enough. Uh, all right, Solosi, hit us. Okay, I, I prepared something, but first I want to... Uh, I, I really don't agree with Kyle. I don't think this was Disney and Square taking a chance. I think it was them trying to combine two of the most popular fandoms in the world into into something and seeing how successful it could be. And it ended up being quite successful. It was a huge PS2 release, or at least 1 and 2 were, and uh, the fan outcry for a Kingdom Hearts 3 just got louder and louder every year from uh, 04, 05 onward, whenever Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. And it's... I, I think this is not a bad RPG, but I think it's a very flawed RPG. It has um, some very exciting ideas. It uh, It appeals to a lot of people for... Uh, for its aesthetic and story and all of the Disney stuff in it and uh, and and many and, and many reasons there are good things about Kingdom Hearts but I think Kingdom Hearts 1 is ultimately a flawed game that I don't think stacks up well against uh against other PS2 games it's it's like a uh I, I don't know it's like a game that trades on nostalgia and references for its strengths more than uh than what I would call good video game concepts but uh, I have something I prepared, uh, which is something I also did for the Sweet It in Two episodes a few months ago, where I, I identified five things I don't like about Kingdom Hearts, and I want Peter, well, I want all three of you to uh, tell me if I'm being fair with that criticism, unfair with that criticism, or it gets better, <laughs> and, and it's, it's fixed in the future game. So can you play that game with me a little bit? I'm up for it. Sure. Yeah, what the heck. All right. So the first thing I disliked... Um, uh, the basics of movement. I think that the game is floaty and cl- and clumsy. And when you're moving and jumping around, uh, the the platforming does get better later. But I just I just had difficulty with the basic mo- with uh, basic moving around a lot of the time, and it got in the way of me um, doing what I wanted to in combat. Is that so fair, unfair, or wait? It's extremely fair because I I think it was very glidy, very like uh, type of thing. Like oh, I moved too far, too fast. Up to it is a time, but it is a game that came out in 2002. Um, mm. which I mean, other games did make strides in 3D, um, in 3D movement. I think Square for them, this was one of their first times trying to make a game that mimicked that style. Uh, Have... I mean, Final Fantasy X wasn't an action RPG, but I think moving in moving around in Final Fantasy X is way better than in this game, but I guess. But in Final Fantasy X, you're also usually limited, um, yeah. you're not in a full 3D environment, yeah, it's, um, very, it's very pathed in 10. You're um, and, uh, and, and as far as the gameplay concerns, uh, go, uh, the later games, especially Kingdom Hearts 2, the combat's still pretty floaty and aerial based, but it feels, movement feels a lot more precise, if that makes sense. Like, you kind of snap to enemies more. There's a um, way wider variety of skills involved, although you do have to grind a bit more for them. There is more abilities, like you can glide faster, you can glide further, you can roll further you can dash you can do other things so they do they do get better but okay. yeah so, <laughs> but, it, so uh, it gets so it gets better <laughs> pretty That's much yeah right. but like even in as you identified kingdom hearts one itself does improve on its mobility with the additional skills you get it's just that i guess sora gets more skills in later games that helps that out pretty well and yeah the combat is still slightly floaty later on but it's nowhere near as bad and i feel like a lot more comfortable moving around in those later entries. All right. Uh, so the second thing I disliked was um, 
the camera system and targeting system sometimes it just gets in the way, especially if I was wedged behind giant Ursula or Chernabog's head or something. Uh, again, it's it's similar to movement. Like it's this might be a consequence of it being uh, an early attempt at a 3D game by Square, but I think that the it was not a great implementation of a targeting system. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Very right, I would say. Yeah, it's not always great. Spot on. It's better. It's better. It's better in the version you're playing because it's not mapped to the shoulder buttons anymore. Oh God, yeah. But it was always bad. It was always bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but the third thing I disliked, uh, the gummy ship. I, I think that giving you a design room and blueprints and things like and, uh, and blocks to combine is cool, but I would have rather they just cut out all the gummy stuff entirely. Mm-hmm. I largely agree with you. Like, I do not like the gummy ship missions. Um, they don't hold your hand to build the ships, which is fine, you know, but, like, there are... If you just stick with your standard kingdom ship, you will die in two hits in, yes, like, the last I, areas. I did, I did die in two hits a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I prefer Kingdom Hearts 2's missions. They're a lot more fun because they're so much faster. And also they're on rail... Like, they're more on... Well, these are on rails anyway, but these go, like, different places. You're not always just going straight. You're going, like, around areas. You're going around landmarks and there are different things. So, yes, it gets better, but they're still not my favorite thing in this series. And I do hate them in one. I, I got to be realistic with myself. Um, as much as everyone's going to say that I'm going to stick up for the gummy ship and stuff, if I had to compare it against number two, then yeah. I mean, I, I can see there's there's a lot of flaws that one could say that they took from one and put in two and then made it better. But overall, I liked it, but I can see your points on there. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get on a soapbox here and defend everything about it, but I, I definitely feel that just looking on the outside – just on the whole gummy ship purpose of what it was. Yeah, it was a waste of time. Um, but it was a waste of time that I thoroughly enjoyed. But again, that was my mindset at the time I was playing it. I was I like being very creative, but if I took the creativeness out of it, it was it's it's use it's a useless mechanic that shouldn't have been in Kingdom Hearts. I'm glad they improved upon it in Kingdom Hearts 2. I can't wait to see what they did in Kingdom Hearts 3 with it, but again, that's how I feel right there. So basically so. it's trash, but you love trash. You know what? I, I might as well just say it. Yeah, I, I love this crash of Kingdom Hearts one. All right, I love the crash of that. So. The, Mu- the Muppets are a Disney property, so we could have we could have Oscar the Grouch in a Gummery ship saying how much he loves trash in Kingdom Hearts. 3. Oh my God! Don't do this to me. But like one. So one thing I want to say quickly, which I don't think I said last episode, I do like how all of the gunny, gummy ship enemies are named after Final Fantasy enemies. And yeah. I do like how loads of the blueprints are named after summons and enemies. So you've got Shiva and Ifrit, and then you've also got the bombs. Also some of the got... ships as well. Yeah, they're really cool. So I do like that as a little reference point. But yeah, I don't like them otherwise. Okay, so uh, the, the fourth thing on my list of dislikes is uh, the... Um... Uh, the world structure and the event flagging. We'd already talked about this a lot in the first episode. Uh, I, I don't think these environments are as cool as the Disney look of themselves. And the, the mm-hmm. quest design and is basically just a, a lot of running back and forth that at times feels pointless. I thought it was the worst in Deep Jungle, but it's uh, it's never very good. No, it's fair. I think that the the later games, they sort of trade off there isn't as much verticality or sense of exploration in later games because they're mostly corridors for combat. They definitely pick picked a focus and stuck with it in the later Kingdom Hearts games. But uh, 
yeah, the first game, I think, gives you a bit more sense of exploring these Disney worlds in the later ones. Sometimes it works, like Halloween Town. Most of the time, it doesn't, like Deep Jungle and Wonderland. Mm-hmm. I like how these games as well, this is kind of a tangent, um, they don't actually follow a film plot, whereas a big thing that later games do is follow the standard film plot. So, like, Halloween yeah. Town in 2 follows the plot of The Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. which is cool, but, yeah, like, I prefer the kind of, like, silliness of Jack trying to use the Heartless as, like, dancing. It's it's, it's a little weird. I think for Little Mermaid and Nightmare Before Christmas and Kingdom Hearts 1, it definitely feels like a prequel to their to their movies. Because, the, yeah. like, no Eric in uh, Little Mermaid and... Uh, um, and Jack and Sally sort of aren't together, and they're, and he's still he hasn't encountered Christmas yet in uh in Halloween Town. But Aladdin sort of is like parallel to the movie plot, and, which is uh, so and, weird. And, which and, 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 and Tarzan, too. yeah, and Tarzan as well. Um, so so yeah. it, so it's like it's they they're not really consistent with how they stick or don't stick to movies in Kingdom Hearts One. I don't think that's a problem though. That didn't that didn't bother me. But it's a, it's, it's a little weird that if they all if they all follow movie plots in later games pretty much all right and uh the, the last thing i disliked about this game is uh, i don't know if this is uh the rudest um of my list i i think that riku sora and kairi are lame <laughs> like like i i could not give half a damn about any of them they i think that their their motivations are either nonsensical like uh like how riku just goes from zero to a hundred in terms of uh in terms of hating sora in again a plot that i think takes place in less than a few days and how kairi is a sort of non-factor until she decides to just hang out in the in the sewer for the second half of the game uh and and sora himself is an okay blank slate character, but I think I just would have preferred it if this game was Mickey, Donald, and Goofy rescue, uh, uh, righting wrongs in Disney worlds. One thing I think I, I can, uh, I guess, want to say elaborate on is I, I definitely agree that all three of them are forgettable, especially in, I'm sorry for anyone listening to this, Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie is one of those things that I, I felt like she was one of those uh, damsels in distress, but it wasn't blatantly obvious that she was one, was one of them. But then you have Riku, who... I felt it has really interesting character factors, but didn't really blossom until much later in the series. And then Sora's character never really changes. He's just, <laughs> he's a blank state. Like you say, he's just completely, he's bland. That's so, all he is. Mm-hmm. I, I like how, how dream drop distance is literal plot thesis is that everyone likes Sora because Sora's an idiot. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think if you'd asked me if I liked the main character's, five ten years ago i'd have said yes now i'm a bit more like mm, i've never really been a big fan of sora anyway and i kind of i never used to like Kyrie, but i think she's belt dealt a bad hand because she's not really had that time to shine yet and i really hope and have got like i feel fairly confident she'll have some time to shine in three but sora is just kind of blair and he's literally the cookie cutter jrpg 14 year old wandering around doing things because he can do things and doesn't really learn from any of them to a degree riku i've always liked although replaying kingdom hearts one i found him extremely obnoxious and extremely self-centered but i do know he gets better in two and i do like the redemption arc he gets eventually so yeah, I, I would largely agree at the point of Kingdom Hearts 1 that I don't like the main Kingdom Hearts cast. I kind of I kind of look at Kingdom Hearts 1 kind of as a coming-of-age story. Um, 
at least, and, and the series as a whole to an extent. Um, and so I, I part part of my well, I do I don't really like the exactly how the characters in Kingdom Hearts One are. I also kind of view it as their kids, and this is where their journey starts. Um, again, it's one of those things where it gets better, quote unquote. But it's I, I'm keeping the, the fact that I know they develop more later in mind. They sort of turn Sora's like unflinching optimism into a positive character trait. Um, yeah, which is good to a degree. Yeah. It stops being like childlike naivete and more that like he is like eternally a child at heart. Um, Kyrie will hopefully finally get something to do, please, for the love of God. Um, I like their friendship together. And I love Riku's character development because Riku's just kind of a rival character to Sora. So I don't mind his villain turn because I think it's kind of natural that they've been pushed against each other. Um, they're already kind of predisposed against each other. And then this just sort of lets it come out of its shell, I guess. Because you have that whole thing on the island where, like, you can compete with him and they have a score tally. They're kind of passive aggressive to each other, clearly into the same girl. I don't know. It, it, it felt it's prepubescent, sure, but I, I didn't mind that so much because we're playing as a bunch of prepubescents. Um, Enrique's character arc again, where he goes from dealing with the repercussions of his actions, accepting that darkness is a part of him, and that, and kind of going through these weird steps to like, learn to control it i i don't know for some reason i relate to, i i kind of relate to that in a weird way um mm-hmm. just being someone who kind of deals with a lot of anxiety in life mm-hmm. so i think riku has a lot more depth and dimension than the other characters but again it gets better um <laughs> i must stress okay uh well thank you for uh, indulging me in that exercise i i know i i've come across as overly negative on this uh on both of these episodes probably but I, I think that Kingdom Hearts is a game with cool ideas that's ultimately flawed. And I, I don't want to say it's bad. I don't want to say I loved it. But I, I, I'm i glad to have finally crossed it off. And I did like it sometimes. So I, 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 I don't hate this game as much as I pretended to hate it the past 15 years. But... I've got to find something else. I've got to find something else now. Oh, no, I, I'll have something. But it would just make people mad if I uh, if I said what it was. <laughs> But the, oh. um, but I, I do want to go over five things that I really liked about it. Now, just to balance it out, we don't have to look at we don't we don't need to analyze them and and react to them the way that we did my five dislikes. But just uh, that's fine. But um, because also we were running a little light, a little long right now. But anyway, um, the Shimomura soundtrack and and Utada Hikaru's song, both that's all great. The music is very good in this game. Um, I love Disney stuff in general. So them, uh, really going with the. Disney aesthetic, I loved a lot of that. I wish there was more of it. I wish the worlds were bigger and better designed. I wish they transformed into something to fit the world, every world, instead of just two of them. Mm-hmm. And, and I wish that the game had more Mickey and more Disney in it. Um, I, I even liked the Winnie the Pooh side quest, even though it was very different from the rest of the game, because, mm-hmm. it, because it was more fun, colorful Disney stuff to explore. Uh, that is thir- cute. Yeah, the, um, the third thing, um, I think that the party customization and skill customization is pretty good. The, uh, the the magic shortcuts and your attaching skills to AP and getting different characters in different worlds to replace Donald because GTFO Donald. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, my voice. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I, I did. Yeah, it was the it was the right move um, from the halfway point onward when I was doing there. The uh, I, I think it's pretty good. They give you a decent number of skills to play around with, and it does feel like an important decision when you're choosing. Uh, um, sword, shield, staff, advantage, disadvantage at the beginning. So uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, and the fourth thing, something I don't think we've mentioned at all, um, the game has 
very large text and user interfaces. Like the dialogue mm. bubbles are huge, and the menus are very large, but don't f- feel like they're taking over the action in a way that uh, made I-, I thought was was very clean and easy to read, and also made the game feel like a storybook with the with the text so large. Uh, and sometimes speech bubbles coming out of characters, sometimes uh, just being sort of white words superimposed on the screen. I thought that the UI and and large text and menus were pretty good in this game, which is I not it's, it's not always the case in RPGs. Sometimes I just I hate the UI. In <laughs> they do some really neat things with the command decks and menus in later games, and that each menu for each world is themed on that world. So like Ooh, you get. Yeah, yeah, so it's not just the clean blue or red one, whether in battle or not. So you get like a basic kind of, uh, I don't know, Land of the Dragons, which is the Mulan world. You have like this basic Chinese backdrop at the top with the kind of text font that they use for the title. And then when you're in battle, there's like a dragon pops out or something like that and things get more active in the background. But it's all really no- it's noticeable, but it's not like impending. But it's really cool. I, I like. I agree with you actually on the menus. It's not something I think about very often, but it is very... It's something friendly. I think about too often. Oh boy. No, it's a good thing. I agree. And, and, and I I'm, uh, I'm a long-time Monster Hunter player, so I know a thing or two about bad menus. <laughs> yeah, good, good UI design is hard to find in RPGs sometimes. Mm. So no, I'm with you on that. I think the so, so, UI is clean. Y- yeah, it was it was very clean and big, and it, it did not get in the way, which is uh, which is very good. Like clean and not in the way are two great things for UI. But anyway, one, the, the one fifth... might even say it was simple and clean. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that was going to come out sometime. Oh yeah. Oh, and the and the fifth thing is something that we've probably inadvertently already done when I brought up the Muppets earlier. Uh, this game, ha- or I should say, this series has the most obvious. Uh, hype loop I've ever seen in my I've ever even encountered the idea of what Disney World do you want to see in a future game or what Disney thing do you want in a future game is is, is mana from heaven to uh, to <laughs> rabid fans online like it is oh. it, it is the a, a, a very obvious and good and hype building feedback loop that is generates a lot of positive and negative discussion that it's mm-hmm. it's frankly amazing like it, i would people are talking about marvel or star wars worlds in kingdom hearts 3 i don't know if those have been confirmed or not i uh but the but like the mm-hmm. idea that that could happen and that people are have written probably millions of words about that on uh on forums and similar spaces is you know, charming to me because I have a lot of affection for video game forums of the 2000s. <laughs> I, I'm getting both of mine in three. The ones I wanted were Frozen and uh, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Oh um, wow! And I'm getting we're getting both of them. So I'm like, yeah. I'm getting one <laughs> um, of mine as well. I'm getting a San Francisco through Big Hero Six. So I'm super happy about uh, tr- that. Truthfully, the two I would want the most are Muppets and Incredibles, and we're getting Incredibles. So that's uh, that, that's good. We're not getting incredible. We're not getting Incredibles. Wait, not. I, I thought, no, I, thought I, I thought I saw Mr. Incredible in something. It's no. it, the mobile it's game. Coming. Oh, well, it's the mobile game. Yeah. Oh, great! Yeah. So I get neither of the things I was interested in. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's um, all good. So yeah, those are the five things I disliked and five things I liked about Kingdom Hearts One. Um, ultimately, again, I don't think it hangs with the best PS2 RPGs because that's one of the best systems ever for for RPGs or a personal favorite at least. But. Uh, uh, it has a lot of cool things in it, and I'm glad that f- fans are finally getting a Kingdom Hearts three. Well, all right then. You heard it. You heard it here, folks. Mike hates everything. Confirmed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Josh's Josh's nickname for me dec- uh, years ago on the podcast was entitled Mike, so I'm just living up to that old moniker. <laughs> well, 
regardless, I'm glad we were able to check this one off your list too. I'm glad we were able to get this podcast together. I had a lot of fun talking about talking about it with you guys. So I'm glad uh, glad to be here, everyone. I mm. may have checked prices for uh, mod, um, uh, modern versions of Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. My, Do my it. Do so, it. Uh, I will. I, I uh, never say never. But anyway, um, so that about does it for the Kingdom for Kingdom Hearts. Um, next week, looking ahead to the future of Retro Encounter, we're going to be doing an episode on Virtue's Last Reward, the second volume of the Zero Escape series, and uh, one of the best games ever made. After we played nine 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 for the podcast in December, the people that had not on the podcast that had not played Virtue's Last Reward yet immediately wanted to play it. So <laughs> that's why I we're podcasting a, about it. That's a testament to how to how awesome that series is for real. We're also going to be doing an episode on um, our favorite uh, Tales of games. Um, I won't be on that one, obviously, because I don't have a favorite Tales of game. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, that'll be fun. And then Tales of Vesperia, the definitive edition is out as of this recording. And uh, it looks pretty great. And they're going to be, play- be playing that on Retro Counter. So please look forward to it. Okay, so you can find me at I Have Fury on Twitter. You can also email me, PeterT, at RBGFan.com. Always love hearing from you guys. Kyle? Uh, I am at KyleK at RPGFan.com. You can find me every Tuesday and now Fridays for the time being on RPG Fan's Twitch page. So uh, I know this is going to be a shameless plug here too, but uh, can't wait to be playing Kingdom Hearts 3 on launch day. So Ooh. be paying it for the site. So Nice. And you can Sounds see good. the uh, you can see the Twitch schedule and streaming schedule by going to the front page of RPGFan.com because uh, I, I don't think there's much of a point to announcing what it currently is as of this recording. But yeah, uh, uh, check that Twitch schedule because I think there's stuff streaming basically every day, right? It is every day. Awesome. Where can we find you, Mike? Right. Um, I'm probably easiest to find on Twitter. I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time, and at Evoker for Dogs other times. I'm also Monsoon Mike on the Discord, and uh, just Monsoon on the forums. All right, and Alana. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alana Hags, um, or you can email me at Alana H at RPGFan.com, or if you want to hit me up on Discord, I am at Diving Falcons. All right. And that about concludes it for this episode of Retro Encounter, everybody. For myself, for Kyle, for Mike, for Alana. Good night. Good luck. Simple and clean is the way that you're making me feel tonight. And it's hard to let it go.